Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Welcome in to the Arrowhead Pride Rapid Reaction Show. I am Steven Serta, joined by Rocky Magana. Rocky, I'm I'm in shambles right now. I am totally distraught. I feel like I have zero preparation going into this post-game show. Let's party, Kansas City. Let's go nuts. Let's that that was legitimately one of the best playoff games I've ever witnessed in my entire life. They had 13 seconds, Rocky. They had 13 seconds. And they somehow got into field goal range and forced overtime. Are you kidding me? Like, what did we just watch? I don't even know what to do. I don't know how to react. Rocky, I am... I am totally flabbergasted. I am totally distraught. I am hysterical. I I feel like I'm panicking a little bit. Like that wasn't real. And <laughs> I don't know what to do, man. Oh my God. That was the greatest playoff football game that I have ever seen in my entire life. They had 13 seconds, Rocky. What happened? What happened? Did- this argument is not open for a discussion. I don't want to hear anybody else, but Patrick LeVon Mahomes is the GOAT. I don't want to hear anybody else ever mentioned in that conversation ever again. You know what? Rogers choked when it was on the line. Brady can't handle pressure up the middle. But you know what? LeVon, when the game was on the line, he said, not today. Super <laughs> Saiyan. I am Dragon Ball Z in this stuff, and I am going to bring it. And guess what? There's not another tight end like Travis freaking kelsey i don't want to hear anybody say george kittle i don't want to say mark andrews i don't want to hear anybody else say another (laughs) name in the world than travis kelsey because you know what not a single other team is battle tested or has the guts that brings it every single week and wins this game 13 seconds 13 seconds nobody else does that except for andy Reid, patrick mahomes travis kelsey tyreek hill and the rest of this team i don't care that mike youth fell down i don't care that chris jones wasn't on the field in the most important defensive snap of the season. I don't care about any of that. Why? Because Patrick Mahomes didn't play today. LeVon did. LeVon said not today. I am totally unprepared for this. I don't know how you even get ready for this. Like, shout out to all the broadcasters out there who have to act normal and stay professional because I don't know what we just witnessed. It was, we talked about it going into this game. This was the game. Like we've talked about Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes. And like, this was the Bills team that was set up to beat you. And they are playing lights out, look totally unstoppable offensively. And they were, 
tonight. And it was everything that we talked about this week at Arrowhead Pride was exactly like this. It was this game is not going to be about defense. It's going to be about some a, a few key stops and about which quarterback shows up and makes plays. And both quarterbacks were absolutely insane, Rocky. We're absolutely out of this world. And the Bills score that touchdown with 13 seconds left. Gabriel Davis went absolutely insane and had four touchdowns, had the game of his life, 200 receiving yards. We're having flashbacks to Jamar Chase and the Cincinnati Bengals. And the Chiefs are just like, eh, 13 seconds. That's too much time for us. That's too much time for Patrick Mahomes. And, oh, you're you're nervous about Harrison Butker because he's missing field goals and you don't feel confident in Harrison at all. And what does he do? He is nails in the moments that matter. And, oh, my God, Rocky, that was one of the greatest greatest playoff games that we're ever going to witness. That was Patrick Mahomes saying, over my dead body, Josh Allen, you might be really good. You are one of the best quarterbacks of the NFL, and I'll acknowledge your game. I think you're a baller, but you ain't me, dog. You ain't me, and I'm not letting you take that from me. Oh, man. Oh, listen, man. I don't listen. even know. <laughs> Josh Allen is a, is a top three quarterback in this league, but you know what he's not? He's not a top one quarterback in this league, and you know who is? Patrick Mahomes is a top one quarterback in this league. When the game is on the line and you know, when we won that coin flip, you knew we were going to win. Why? Because Mahomes was not going to let the Chiefs lose if he had the ball in his hands. You saw the Bills were terrified to give the ball back to Mahomes. Their whole game plan was to take as much time off the clock as possible and try to score a touchdown. And then they gave Mahomes the ball back with two minutes and he scored in like what 30 seconds something like that they were terrified for the ball for the game to be on the line and the ball to be in Mahomes's hand and guess what they gave him 13 seconds there's not another player on planet earth where you give him 13, 13 seconds and that's too much time not Peyton Manning not Tom Brady not Roger Staubach not Johnny Unitas not John Elway not Joe Montana but you know who is Patrick LeVon Mahomes you can never give him a shot because if you give him an inch, he'll take a touchdown every time. 13. 13 seconds. 13. Like we, we need to remember that, Kansas City, because there's not another quarterback in the world where the Chiefs scored and, man, that was an incredible play. Tyreek Hill, that was big-time players make big-time plays in big-time moments. And Tyreek Hill, who had been kind of quiet on the evening – said, okay, all right, I'm tired of this. I, I haven't thrown up the deuces in a while. I got to say peace. Let's put this thing out of reach. But they left too much time on the clock for Josh Allen, who was absolutely lights out in this football game too. Absolutely yeah. perfect. And <laughs> 13 seconds is apparently too much time. Oh, you know, listen, oh, listen, yeah. you know, here's the thing about the Bills is that early in the season, you know, you remember you've, you've seen the last dance about the Chicago Bulls, the, the Pistons and Isaiah Thomas came up with the Jordan rules. Right. And the Bills earlier in the season thought they had come up with the Mahomes rules where you rush four and then you drop back seven. And then they tried that again tonight and they realized very, very quickly. Yeah, there are no Mahomes rules. You might catch him sleeping once. But guess what? He had from week five. Until today, that is that is when we count on my finger 
what is that, 13 weeks, 13 or 14 weeks, 14 weeks for him to learn his lesson, and he did. And you came out and you tried it, and it didn't work anymore. And so then, okay, so all of a sudden, you need the game of your life out of Josh Allen, and he almost stepped up to the challenge. He almost stepped up to the challenge. He's an amazing quarterback. Gabriel Davis, amazing. I said in my in my, in my my preview of this game earlier in the week that they were five deep in wide receiver, and I wasn't joking. They have an amazing receiving core. But what they don't have is Andy Reid at quarterback and Patrick Mahomes. I mean, Andy Reid at head coach and Patrick Mahomes at quarterback. And until you have those two things, there's not an other team in this world that when you're going to go toe-to-toe that has a greater chance of pulling something like this off. It's been an unreal uh, weekend, playoff weekend for the NFL. Every single divisional round game came down to the final possession, and we got to welcome in uh, my guy Ron, the show, Hughley, who is joining us in this post-game stream. The Kansas City Chiefs advance to another AFC title game, Arrowhead Stadium, you're hosting another AFC championship game on the back of one of the most impressive playoff performances in the history of football. 13 seconds left. You drive down the, down the field, get in field goal range to tie the game and force overtime and win it to your Hall of Fame tight end in Travis Kelsey. Just absolutely unreal. Ron, how you doing? Soda, uh, what's going on? Rocky, uh, first time I, 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 I've listened to you. I enjoy you. I'm glad to join this. Um, I uh, I feel like I'm hammered drunk, and I haven't <laughs> I haven't drank a thing. Me uh, too. I'm this, in the same boat. I haven't had a, I haven't had a drop of alcohol, and I feel absolutely hammered right now. Um, this is this is the most amazing thing that I've uh, I think I've ever seen. I. Uh, in my lifetime, if I could just stretch my legs for a second, in my lifetime, I thought Kansas down to Memphis with like two minutes left down by nine was the most amazing and probable thing I've ever seen as a as a sports fan. And now, 13 seconds? And listen, I this city, Kansas City, which I'm born and raised, dreamed, dreamed of having – the guy that fixes all the problems. I mean, that fixes all the problems. They keep going up against him, John Elway. They keep going up against him, Tom Brady. They keep going up against him, but they've never, ever even dreamed to have him. You know what the Tennessee Titans are? That was the Kansas City Chiefs growing up. Those were the, those were the type of teams that, that the Chiefs had. And Kansas City, you got them. Because Andy Reid sucked tonight. I'm going to say this right now. Andy <laughs> Reid sucked. That. No, he sucked. Situationally, it was clear he's got timeout. He should have called a timeout to give his defensive line a blow. It was clear the only way that the, that the Bills would get stopped is if the Chiefs got pressure. If they had to cover, it was no chance. And he, I mean, Frank, Frank Clark wasn't getting in a stance anymore. Chris Jones had to miss the final play where Gabriel Davis scored, and they didn't call any kind of timeout. Him and Spags sucked, but it didn't matter because 15, 10, and 87 just picked up and picked it all up and fixed everything and fixed all the problems. Andy hadn't had it, and Donovan McNabb didn't have it in Vic, didn't have it in Alex, 
And finally, he's got a guy that can fix all of the problems that he even he goes over, and does dumb stuff, getting all cute and stuff right there. Man. Uh, you get a you get a great punt return from Tyreek Hill and you take the ball out of Patrick Mahomes hands all three plays and try to get cute with some sort of option play with Blake Bell. It, it didn't matter because Pat fixed it. It was it's unbelievable tonight. Unbelievable. So let's get into this game. Let's collect ourselves a, a little bit here because <laughs> we are wow. just uh, a trade wreck right now. And, and it's hard to try to process what we just went through. And, and that game, man, I, I mean, when you think about legendary playoff games, like that game is the legend maker. Like that, that is the game. When we talk about Patrick Mahomes being – the best player in football and being one of those legendary like Brady-esque players. Like we saw Aaron Rodgers only score one touchdown in a playoff game yesterday. And Patrick Mahomes showed up and stepped up to the task today, knowing that you need legend Pat. You need everything that this guy is built to be going into this game. You need him to be that and more. And he just did it today. And I do agree with you that like Andy Reid wasn't perfect tonight. No, he's uh, the 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 fourth the fourth down punt. Uh, I I hated it. I I think they should have gone for it there. I, I don't understand it. And he was getting too cute at times where you know they had a third and one call where Clyde's got multiple runs uh, on the game where he is running angry and hard and, and picking up yards with ease. And you get a little too cute and you get stuffed and then you decide to punt it. And, and I just absolutely hated the call. And I was afraid that was like going to be the thing that cost them. You know, Harrison Bucker missed that field goal right before the halftime that almost wind up, wound up coming back to hurt them. It's just, man, it's sometimes you run into these teams and, and these players that are just inexplicable. And Patrick Mahomes is inexplicable. Nobody in football should be able to tie that football game with 13 seconds left. Like just simply that, that, that shouldn't be the case. That game is over. And I thought the game was over. <laughs> well, I, it got I mean, into the field goal range. Like what, what is that? I don't know about you, Rocky. I guess Sean McDermott tried to match Andy. Because, I mean, they just kicked it right out of the back of the end zone. It didn't force any time to come off the clock at all, which I thought, boy, if they can get something on the first on the first play, they got a chance. And, I mean, it, it's the three guys that we know are bona fide Hall of Famers if they stopped playing today came up and made plays at the end of the game. Tyreek Hill with the long touchdown run where he threw up the peace sign at the 20 and knew he was in. Then you follow it up. It's Hill and it's Kelsey to get in field goal range. Harrison Bucker, who was shaky all night, finally came through when it mattered. And then that last drive, it was Hill and Kelsey and and, and Mahomes, and and they were they were special tonight. But I, I just um, the toughness from this team and everything that happened to overcome uh, things they did to themselves and the amazing play of Josh Allen uh, and that Buffalo team and Gabriel Davis was was amazing to watch. I mean, I mean, you look at this game, and if and if Bucker just takes care of business, it doesn't even go to overtime. But <laughs> but I mean, I mean, honestly, he makes those field goals, and he makes the extra point. No, That's the you're right. Point swing that we need right there, and we win by one point. But 
I mean, going back to Sean McDermott not squib kicking it, I think that he's he was thinking he didn't want to give him the ball on the 40 yard line because then it's one pass away from a field goal range. But you got to think to yourself, Sean, what's more important there 20 yards or seven seconds? Like, like they're not going to have a chance to run more than one play to set up a field goal if you squib kick it there. Like, I thought that Sean McDermott, I mean, he completely crapped the bed on that one. Like, there was like that was inexcusable. If I'm a Buffalo Bills fan, I'm completely angry that he kicked that ball out of the back of the end zone. As a Chiefs fan, I think it was genius. I think he was the <laughs> smartest man on the face of the planet. Listen, I ever meet Sean McDermott, I'm buying him a beer. I'll buy him two beers. I don't care. Why? Because he gave Patrick Mahomes a shot. Spags, Spags did not coach the best game today. It was not good. I mean, there's no reason for you to have three timeouts and for Chris Jones not to be on the field during the most important play of God. the season of the season and the whole game he's bringing Thornhill up in the box and leaving Sorensen deep dude just flip him just flip him you know that Sorensen's good within five yards of the of the line of scrimmage but you can't leave him in space and you know Thornhill can't stop the run so why why are you doing this Spags like like you're just making your job harder but at the end of the day I want to keep it positive this is a day of celebration. So you, I don't want to poo-poo on anybody's parade. So, you know, Mazel so, Tov, Kansas City. This is an amazing day. I, I, I do want to talk about Spags a little bit and the Chiefs defense. So you don't want it to be positive tonight then, huh? Is that what you think? <laughs> I mean, we got to. We got to. Okay. We, can, we, we, we spent the first 16 minutes of the show just raving about what an incredible football game this was. But we do need to try to analyze this a little bit. And I do think that Spags definitely left himself open for criticism after this football game. Oh, you're putting uh, it nicely here. Um, you're doing. Yeah, yeah. I, I was ready to call for his head if we lost this game. I was ready to say <laughs> Spags shouldn't not be back next year because he literally called the worst game that I've seen in weeks. Yeah, it, it was not good. And especially with the the Josh Allen designed runs, which I, I felt like they kind of worked away from those in the second half a little bit. And I don't really know why they did that because it, it felt like they were having success. Like, and, and it seemed obvious when they were doing it too. And Josh Allen was still ripping off eight yard runs. Like, and it just didn't seem like they really had an answer for it. And then, Gabriel Davis just absolutely roasting your secondary is not something I expected coming into this football game at all. I, I, I do think that he certainly left himself open for, for criticism in this football game because you knew what to expect. You knew Josh Allen was going to be able to run the football. You knew they were going to be able to throw it. And I understand that Tyron Matthew left this game after like the first series with the concussion and did not come come back. And that's a huge loss for your defense. Obviously, he's one of your leaders, but Spags is continuing to put the personnel out there that makes me question his decision making when I know for a fact that. Nick Bolton and Willie Gay are your more athletic linebackers and, and they belong on the field in those situations where you need to slow down that offense because you need athletic playmakers out there. And Anthony Hitchens is still getting more snaps than I would prefer personally. I, I don't, I, that one I can't get, I, I can't get what, who comes with the thought of Ben Neiman in the middle of the field there 
like as opposed to to Willie Gay and Nick Bolton. I, I mean, I, I know I know Nick Bolton and me and BK, we will argue to the hills about this. I know Nick Bolton at a time was not great at at coverage. He was not good in coverage. But th- th- listen, Ben Neiman, it, it, th- I mean, you just can't do it. I mean, you cannot you cannot have him in there as opposed to those two guys. It just like it just can't happen. And he continued to do that. Now, I will say this. Tyron Matthew absolutely killed them. You can tell just by getting people together. That final play, I believe if they were that, the final play where Gabriel Davis scored with 13 seconds left, I believe Tyron Matthew would have called timeout. I think he'd have called timeout at that point and and tried to get, because they were completely in chaos, in shambles. No one knew what was going on, and you could see it. You could see it right off the bat. But I'll give him some of it. I mean, Mike Hughes just got shot in the back on a play and just fell down. I mean, I don't. I mean, I don't. I mean, Spag seemed to have have you know the setup right. Can I say this is and I and I don't know how you feel about this, Rocky. The thing that annoyed me the most about Spags is he didn't just be himself. That was my thing. Is at some point, ride or die with what you do. And I thought at some point he was going to do what he did against Justin Herbert. He was going to do what he did against Joe Burrow and just send pressure and say, all right, Josh, you're going to have to make these calls and these decisions real quick. Then I'm going to hope we get home and I'm going to take my chances with our corners in single coverage. And if I get beat, I get beat. But what I do is send pressure. And he just refused. Like he just sat back and then like be you. And it was clear to me the only way they were going to stop the Bills passing game is if they got pressure and I just and I just couldn't believe he just stayed and tried to sit back in some sort of coverage and instead of being what he does and that is blitz blitz and bling and bring pressure and he just wouldn't do it well 100 percent. and I mean that's the whole thing is yeah I knock on Spags a lot for blitzing in the wrong at the wrong time but I, I mean, I think you looked at Spags there, and you, I think he was coaching scared a little bit because he knew that his his secondary was in shambles and that there was no communication there, and he didn't he didn't trust Mike Hughes and DeAndre Baker to play man coverage, rightfully so, because they couldn't they, they they couldn't get the job done um, tonight. But I mean, end of the day, though, you got to like like when Josh Allen was under pressure. He made mistakes, or he took a sack. Like, like he had some success at bringing the heat tonight. So I don't. And then in Josh Allen's career, you've had success doing that. So I don't know why. Like you said, you know that you go away from that. And speaking to Nick Bolton, I mean, Nick Bolton's not the best in coverage, but guess what? He's Ben Neiman good because Ben Neiman's not good at anything. Ben Neiman's like honestly, he's not good at anything. But Nick Bolton lived behind the line of scrimmage today in the run game and in the screen game and had, I mean, I don't know what five, six tackles for loss. It seemed like and it was so, completely different on the, the quarterback run game when those two guys were in the game, as opposed to when he started putting, uh, you know, Ben Neiman and, and Dan Sorensen basically as linebackers up there, whenever they ran that, they couldn't stop anything. And I, I just, for the life of me, I'm looking, I would literally freeze the, 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 the film and stop it and say, and I just look at the numbers and I'm like, there is, there is no maybe fifty four out. Okay, but fifty? Why is fifty ever off the field? I, I, in pass or run? 
ever off the field. And that and and what he's what he's doing, those are the biggest things. The linebackers and then him just not being true to what he does. Uh, generally, uh, we all have said it. We've said it on on our shows. Sir, I know we have. At some point, Spags is just going to say, F it. And I'm just going to send everybody and you go deal with it. And we'll deal with Joe Burrow completing the third and 27 on us. But we're going to send everybody. And like I, I just, I think I, I, those were my two biggest issues with Spags. Yeah, I, I will say I, I don't understand this snap count that Willie Gay is on right now because we've seen that when he is on the football field, he can be a playmaker. I think he's, he's forced three or four turnovers this season and that's it. That's with him not being one of these linebackers that is out here playing like 90% of the snaps or something like that. And he's obviously a playmaker. I I understand that he's got some off the field stuff going on right now, but I don't think that had anything to do with his role in this game because it's just not what we saw last week from them. I I don't understand their decision-making exactly with Willie Gay because we've seen him have a high impact when he's on the football field. And to put it simply, we just know that he is their most athletic linebacker. Like he is the guy that if you were going to, we even saw them like early on, like using Dorian O'Daniel a a little bit to spy Josh Allen because he's kind of a, a more tweener hybrid athletic linebacker but that's Willie Gay like that's what he does and we know he can do it well so I don't understand why he hasn't carved out that role for himself in this defense just yet and I don't know if we'll really have an answer to that this season but I want to talk about the offense some more and specifically I want to talk about the offensive line because I thought the offensive line was stellar tonight like Going into this football game and the nightmares that you have about the Super Bowl loss against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and then watching the Buccaneers earlier today lose to the Los Angeles Rams. And I know they came back and they made that a hell of a football game too. But Tom Brady was under pressure in a way that Tom Brady is not used to being under pressure. And it just kept making me think about that Super Bowl and and think about – all of the pressure that Patrick Mahomes was on in that game. And so coming into this contest, and I I know the bills don't have necessarily like one of those like top tier pass rushers, but they're deep and and they got big physical guys on that defensive line who can give you problems. And part of the reason Patrick Mahomes was so special tonight is the offensive line was fantastic. The offensive line did their job. And so this was the first time I felt like that, like we're totally validated on that offensive line rebuild. And they've been up and down this season. Orlando Brown has had some issues. And I know you still have your question marks about Andrew Wiley, but they were fantastic tonight. And they gave Mahomes enough time for him to break the pocket and, and go make plays and just be the legendary quarterback that he is. And I, I think that's the reason this offense was able to pull this thing off from the start really, and just put this whole game together. Like the entire season has been leading up to this performance and the offensive line stepped up and they showed up in the biggest moment. Yeah. I mean, I thought Orlando Brown jr. Could have had a much cleaner first quarter. I thought he got off to a really slow start. Um, But then the second half, I mean, he really, he really picked it up. I think that you saw it with the Bucks. You saw it with the chiefs last year 
any team that wins a championship and then stands pat and just tries to run it back with the same squad, all they're doing is getting a year older. You're not getting better, and the rest of the league is catching up to you. And the Chiefs finally realized that after last year, and they went out and they put some youth in this offensive line. They put some money behind it, and then they had a heck of a draft, right? And now you look at it, and this is the most dangerous Chiefs team I think that we've seen. I mean, if if Spags can get his act together, you know, and the, if we play a clean game, there's, you know, top to bottom on this roster, we have not had a more talented Chiefs roster, I don't think. I mean, I, I in, in recent memory, you know, I, tell me a team that's more physically talented than this team in Chiefs history. I mean, that doesn't have Hank Stram as, as, as a head coach. Yeah, listen. I they gave him a chance, right? I think that's what what you what you said. Like they gave him a chance to be great. Like as you use the uh, the the comparison, Tom Brady just at times didn't have a chance in the game to <laughs> to to, yeah. to make plays. They gave him a chance, and I know I know Pat had a lot to do with it, especially early. But they ran for 182 yards, so they nearly ran for 200 yards, and. And I mean, they opened up some really good holes for Clyde, and 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 and, and the rest of the running game there uh, at times. And then, like I said, they they had great protection. Like those 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 plays, those big plays, like the the big long touchdown pass to Tyreek Hill um, to to give them the lead with a minute two left. He had a perfect pocket, and he could step right up and step right into the throw. So in critical times. They were uh, they were great and uh, and not just good but great. Uh, and Ed Oliver was one that I was concerned with that I thought may give them some real problems right up the gut. But they were able to hold hold that down. So yeah, the offensive line was was big. Just give him a chance. Give him a chance to be great and give those other two guys Hill and Kelsey a chance to be great. How about hold on, man? I'm gonna throw some. How about my man McCole Hardman? Chad, baby, came out the game of his career. The game of big, his career. Big plays. I don't know what. I don't know why he lost uh, his privileges to return punts after he did so well against Pittsburgh, and then they just stopped allowing him to do it. But he was big tonight. That crossing route. That's a that's a dig route that people say, "Oh man, that's the thing that Sammy would do," and he could, and he took it big. Twenty six yards on that play that got him into the red zone where it set up the Kelsey play at the end when Tony Romo went drunk and trying to sell everybody that he didn't get his feet in. Oh, I don't know if it's over. God, the hell's Tony talking about? <laughs> Clearly he was in. But but uh, McCole Hardman, that run, I mean, I thought he was down for a loss, and he, he came around and snuck out of there and, and scored a yeah. big touchdown. He had two huge plays, huge chunk plays, in big time moments when they needed him, so uh, a lot of a lot of the extra players stepped in big, and he's been somebody who has been maligned for all Chiefs fans almost, obviously except for me. But uh, he <laughs> but he came up big with big plays, got into the end zone. That was that was huge. Well, I'll tell I, you what. I'll tell you what with with with, with Michael Hartman really quick. He looked like a player who's made mistakes in big moments in the past. And then said, not tonight. Like tonight, he was like, you know what? No, this is my chance to make up for my past mistakes. And he was like, I'm going to make it up to you, Chiefs Kingdom. I got you here. And I'm going to run as hard as I can. I've never seen him on that touchdown. I've never seen him run so hard 
in his entire life. He put his head down and there was nothing that was stopping him on that play. Well, so, but we've seen that from McCole o- over the last few weeks, right? Like we've seen him have impacts and we've seen him get a little bit more involved and have some design things where like at one point in the season, McCole Hardman was playing like 8% of the snaps. And so I, I think he kind of needed that, that heat check a little bit to get, get his head right and say like, we need more from you, McColl. Like we expect more from you as a player and we need you to be a playmaker and be explosive. And he showed up, man. And I think I even tweeted it. That I, I owe McColl Hardman an apology. I owe Jaron Reed an apology. He came up with a huge sack at, at a huge moment in the game. And I have been slandering Jaron Reed all season long. So McColl Hardman, Jaron Reed, like both those guys made huge impact plays for you tonight. And and that's what you need in those moments. And that's what was so incredible about this football game is that it's not just that Patrick Mahomes was special. It's that they got everybody else to make plays and and compliment. And that wasn't the case early on first couple of drives. Patrick Mahomes was just literally carrying the entire offense on his back. Like it was all Patrick Mahomes breaking off long runs was the only way they were moving the football early in this football game. And then everybody else started to step up and make plays. And I tell you what, you were impressed with McCole Hardman. I I was really impressed with Clyde. Clyde was out there running like a guy that lost his job to Jarek McKinnon. And Clyde said, no, every time I touch this ball, I'm breaking off 10 yards at least because this is my job and I am not giving it to Jarek McKinnon. That was going to be my next point. Was could you have you ever seen Clyde run that hard in your entire life? Listen, but but it's I don't know if it's competition between the two of them, but that is a but it's a great it was a great combination between the two of them because when they both enter the game, there's no telegraphing of what like what what kind of offense you're going to get because they can do the same thing. They can both catch the ball out of the backfield. They can both run hard on the in, inside and outside. I think, obviously, we saw tonight and we've seen before that Clyde is a little bit more of a a thicker, tough yardage runner. But like you, like you couldn't sit on. All right, one of them is out, and and uh, okay, this is going to be you know straight run, straight run. This is going to be straight pass. No, man, it's they were they were both really, really interchangeable and both were playing hard. Both. There was no difference between the two of them because McKinnon, you know, outside that fumble, he was able to get away with 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 Wiley covering like he caught a ball on a third down and three and just ran over the corner to get the first down. And that was just like so both of them as a combination uh, is is really the best maybe the best that the chiefs have gotten out of that running back position, at least to where Williams was the super bowl year, if not better. Yeah. So that, that combination that they used of them tonight, that's what it's gotta be right Uh, over, you know, in the AFC championship game. And if you, if you beat the Cincinnati Bengals and you move on to the super bowl, that's what you need. Exactly what they did tonight from those two running backs, because they're both talented and, and they can both give you what you need offensively. It's Jarek McKinnon is just so much better in the passing game than we've seen out of Clyde that like that's an element of this Chiefs offense. We've talked a ton about that they've literally been missing for years and now they have it and, and it makes just the regular running plays 
more effective because you got to worry about those guys in the passing game. So I want to see more of that. I, I, I'm totally fine with the way they split it between those two tonight. I'm totally fine with Jarek McKinnon starting the game. And as long as Clyde runs the football like that, every time he touches the football, keep feeding him when, when he is running like that, like it was an all around offensive performance tonight. And then you had Tyreek and you had Travis make plays when you absolutely needed them to make plays. Uh, Travis coming up with that huge catch to set up the game, tying field goal and, and go into overtime. Like that's a, Hey, we need a play from you, big dog. Like we need, we need a play from our hall of fame tight end. And Travis said, okay, I got you. Let's go. Let's go send this thing to overtime. Fellas. 13 seconds left from the 25. They got a 49 yard field goal attempt. (laughs) It doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. It's totally unheard of. It doesn't make any sense. That game was over. It doesn't make any sense with three seconds to spare. Yeah. (laughs) Listen, I, I was in my living room, like just completely just dead to the world face. Like, I was looked at my wife and I said, I, I don't know how I'm gonna go on and do a podcast after this. This this is the worst possible outcome. And she was like, Well, there's 13 seconds left. And I said, 13 seconds isn't enough time. But I was wrong. <laughs> and I'm glad that I was wrong. And I had to apologize to my wife immediately afterwards. I said, You're absolutely right. You're the smartest person I've ever met in my life. You know? Um, but I mean 13 seconds left. And you know what? In it down the stretch, I think you saw Andy said, All right busting out my stallions i'm riding my stallions to victory here like i'm not taking any chances we're going with the three-headed monster and we're taking it all the way down to, down to the wire and whatever happens happens but if i lose i'm losing throwing the ball to travis kelsey and i'm losing throwing the ball to tyreek hill and i'm having the ball in patrick mahomes's hands yeah I, I'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna slowly disagree with you and i think andy didn't have a damn thing to do with that i think mm-hmm. patrick mahomes said I'm going to go in and I'm going to find these two jokers and that's where I'm going to. And, and the part about it was, Hey, we've seen Pat make some amazing throws. I mean, we saw he made one where he threw it around the defensive end, low and outside to Tyreek Hill to make a catch early in the game. We've seen over the years, him make amazing throws. He did not have to make a great throw in those 13 seconds. Like all of them, they were just, I mean, pretty much for NFL standards, wide open. <laughs> Just, there weren't tough throws. I don't know what Buffalo was doing. Uh, it, it was, it was, it was wild that they pulled. They, I mean, a forty-nine yard field goal attempt in in ten seconds. It was. You know, we talked about it all week long coming into this football game. Like Josh Allen is coming, and I think. Josh Allen's arrived. Like Josh, Josh Allen, Allen is here, Jack. Josh yeah. Allen is that dude who's going to give you problems in the AFC for a long time. He is an elite upper echelon quarterback who is going to challenge Patrick Mahomes for a long time in the AFC, but you needed Pat to be special tonight. And he was just absolutely special. This is from Andy Reed uh, speaking with the media after the game. And if you guys are listening to us on the podcast, we will have all the post-game press conferences immediately following the show. So make sure you stick around. We'll hear from Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, anybody else they throw up at the podium, so make sure you stick around immediately after this. But Andy Reid was asked about Patrick Mahomes in the final 13 seconds of of regulation, and his quote was just, when it's grim, be the grim reaper. 
And that's exactly what Patrick Mahomes was. It was just, oh, 13 seconds? Okay, I got it. And it was like any other quarterback in football, Aaron Rodgers, even Tom Brady, 13 seconds left, your game's over. And I was partially like, game's over, but also... Like it's Patrick Mahomes. He could do something crazy here. And I wouldn't be so shocked about it just because I've seen him do it before. And then he actually did it. And I was like, okay, I was kind of joking. I I didn't actually think he was going to do it. And he just did it. Like, that's just how remarkable of a player he is. It's hard to even put it into words. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead, Rock. I was saying, going back to what you said earlier, it was, it was kind of like watching that Mario Chalmers shot, you know, uh, you know, that send it to to overtime against Memphis back in the day. I thought that was one of the most clutch plays I was ever going to see in my life. And, you know, thinking back on it right now, I mean, I can't think of a more clutch situation, you know, with a with, with the game I like. I guess maybe Jordan's sixth title when he pulled up and crossed over and hit that game-winning shot. That might be the, the more clutch moment. But other than that, we're talking like upper echelons, sports history, you know, back against the wall, you know, I'm coming, I'm, I'm not, I'm, gonna, I'm swinging until you, until you knock me out. And guess what? You had me on the roast, but you didn't knock me out. That, that is for me, the best football game I've ever seen. Um, and like, I, I think previously before that it was Texas USC um, when they played in the national championship game stars around Vincent, you had two great quarterbacks, and I, I mean, before I go any further, I know you know fans are, are Josh Allen. You ain't got to put your head down, man. Josh Allen, Gabriel Davis, that crew—they kept coming. They just didn't get the ball last, and they were going up against you know some psycho that's in the the realm of Brady, Woods, Tiger. Jordan, Kobe, LeBron, he's in that. He's hes just some psycho where he can create miracles. Uh, and, and and it happens. So, I mean, they were fantastic. They're going to be here again. You're going to see them again. They are going to remember this like they did last year. Like this is, uh, for those fans, Buffalo has great fans, and they have been through hell. And this is, this is going to go line right up there with those four Super Bowl losses in a row. I mean, this is, this is tough to deal with. But um, I, like I said, this is the greatest game I've ever seen before. And this is how you get yourself in some sort of conversation down the line with Brady is the moments, right? And, I mean, this is, this is going to go up. And I know it was a divisional round. I mean, this is going to go up right up there with those amazing type moments that we'll, we'll never forget 13 seconds. Like that's going to move with his career We'll never forget 13 seconds. And those are moments that we're going to have. And that's how you get yourself up in conversations with the goats. And, and, and they win this Super Bowl. We'll never forget 13 seconds. We'll never forget like we didn't a, a couple of years ago, him being down by double digits in every game and coming back to win and winning a Super Bowl. Like you, you won't forget it. And he had, I mean, like Josh Allen, dude, this dude is nuts, man. And he lost this game today. And there's only one, like you feel this way. There's only one player on the other side he would have lost to. And that's who he who he lost to. He would not have lost to any other team in the National Football League except for the Kansas City Chiefs because they got the man. They got Ric Flair. They got the dude. 
he is the man and and i mean it, it's it's just insane yeah any question or doubt that i had about josh allen coming into this football game oh god is gone it is totally gone he he is that dude it this is a, a peyton brady-esque type of rivalry and we saw it unfold in one of the greatest football games that we're ever going to see tonight. Like, I mean, just, yeah. just simply like there's no other way to put it. It's one of the greatest football games we're ever going to watch. Yeah. If I'm starting a franchise today, I'm starting it with Patrick Mahomes. If I don't have Patrick Mahomes, I'm starting it with Josh Allen. Like, like he, like, like, like you guys both said, like they're just, he is the, the real deal. Like there's, there's, there's no other way to put it. You know, like I, I'm scared to play the Bills next year in the playoffs, you know, a little bit. I'm never going to, for the rest of my life, as long as Josh Allen's our quarterback, I'm never going to be resting easy rolling in, you know, in a playoff game against the Bills. You know, I'm not ever going to feel like like the Chiefs are automatically going to advance to the next round. I mean, I'm going to be excited because Patrick Mahomes is our quarterback, but I think, I think we're going to see a lot of classic games as these two guys' careers play out. I know a, a couple things before, we, before I jump off here. Uh, they got to fix some things next week. They, you look at the Bengals, and we saw what they did the first time they played them. They got to fix some things, and they got to understand. If they didn't understand already, teams have shown it. Like what the Chiefs did tonight is why teams are scared to death of them. And Buffalo's four for four on fourth down, and it seemed like they would have gone for them all night long if they were anywhere near midfield or 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 further. And I think. Zach Taylor is going to do the same thing with 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 uh, Cincinnati, and if they get past there, I think Sean McVay or or Kyle Shanahan will do the same thing. So teams are going to just play for broke, and that could be an advantage if the Chiefs are able to stop them. But this is this is how teams are because of what they did tonight. They're they're scared to death of them, and they just got to be on their toes all the time. Just I mean. Third down, no, you got another one coming behind it because these teams are, are going to do it. Yeah, it was – they've got to adjust a little bit. There's uh, a lot that I feel like they left on the table defensively. Uh, thanks again to our friend Ron the Show, Hughley. You can hear him every Thursday with Brandon Kylie and myself on Show and BK on the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network. Uh, Rocky, a- any final thoughts before we get out of here? We ran a little long tonight. I-, I want everybody to get a chance to listen to Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes, but man, this is, this is a game that this is going to be that game that's playing on NFL network where you just stop whatever you're doing and, and just sit down and watch it. And it's going to be like that. This is going to be a game you tell your kids about for, for a really long time. Yeah, this is a game that, you know, when you talk about, you know, when you're, when you're sitting here years from now talking about the greatness of Patrick Mahomes and telling people who he was, your grandkids, whatever, this is a, a game you're going to bring up. Um, yes, they got to clean some stuff up on defense. Patrick Mahomes covers a multitude of sins, but you got to get out the field because, you know, you know, every time a team comes in and plays against you, they're going to feel like they have to score on every single possession. Which means that which makes them dangerous because they're not going to back down and they're just going to give you everything you've got. Spags has to have an answer for Jamar Chase next weekend. If you're going to get beat, get beat by T. Higgins or Boyd or Joe Mixon or somebody else. You can't let Jamar Chase beat you. Like Spags needs to find a solution to that situation. Yeah, you absolutely cannot give up that kind of game to Jamar Chase again. Uh, 
you can't do what you did against Gabriel Davis tonight. Like you, you just simply cannot do that if you're the chief secondary in their defense. So we'll have a ton of conversations this week about that AFC title game that is going to be hosted at Arrowhead Stadium once again uh, after just an absolutely remarkable, incredible football game that we're going to be talking about for a long, long time here in Kansas City. Um, yeah, it's you got some adjustments to make, but damn, if you get that kind of Patrick Mahomes, it, it's hard for me to bet on anybody other than him. And it, it feels like the way this season has kind of played out, it's all kind of culminating into him having that just legendary playoff run that puts him in a tier just above everybody else. And that's what this game yeah. felt like tonight. Um, it's win in advance, baby. It doesn't have to be perfect. Just yeah. win in advance. Jimmy V said it, and he was right. Yeah. So please follow Rocky Magania on Twitter at Rocky Magania. I'm Steven Serta. That's where you can find me. I do want to let you guys know before we get out of here, uh, we will not have an Arrowhead drive tomorrow morning. I know you guys love those things bright and early. Uh, on, on a late night game, we want you guys to check out the post game show and listen to everything that we're talking about here. Uh, but tomorrow afternoon, we will have the regularly scheduled Out of Structure episode with Ron Kopp and Matt Sagner. They'll break down every single play from this Chiefs game, and they'll take your questions in the Chiefs mailbag, answer everything that you guys want to know ahead of the Chiefs hosting the Cincinnati Bengals at Arrowhead Stadium and yet another AFC Championship game. Again, stick around after the podcast. We will have Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, anybody else who goes up to the podium and speaks with the media after this football game. Please make sure you subscribe, rate, and review everything that we're doing on the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network. We're still alive. We got another AFC title game. Let's go to another Super Bowl. Go celebrate. Have a drink. I'm about to shotgun a beer in my apartment by myself. Let's go, Rocky. Let's do this. Let's do it. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com.
After what will surely be one of the most storied NFL playoff games of all time between the Kansas City Chiefs and the Buffalo Bills, we heard from head coach Andy Reid, quarterback Patrick Mahomes, tight end Travis Kelsey, wide receiver Tyreek Hill, defensive end Frank Clark, and team president Mark Donovan. We'll go in that order, starting with Andy Reid, followed by Patrick Mahomes. Then we'll go to Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, Frank Clark, and we'll finish things up with Mark Donovan. Our fans were... Unbelievable, the commitment which they made for, you know, these playoffs um, and that goes into this win and, and then being being there next week, I think, is um, tremendous commitment and dedication to uh, uh, the Chiefs, and that's why it is the Chiefs' kingdom. So we, we appreciate every bit of it and uh, the support. <clears throat> and then, listen, I mean, we just all were part of a – one of the better wins, uh, better games, I should say, in the National Football League. And uh, we were lucky to come out on that that end of it. Uh, uh, guys battled their hearts out, uh, both teams. I was proud of our guys for getting in there for four quarters and and uh, gutting it out. Uh, there were some huge plays made um, by the offense, defense, and special teams and, and – um, Listen, I mean, it was, it was a great game. I'm just kind of sorting it all out right now. My hat goes off to Sean McDermott. I know how hard he works and um, and Dable and Leslie Frazier. I mean, these guys, they spend a lot of time doing this uh, likewise. And, uh, you know, that's a gut wrencher. But <clears throat> we, we appreciate the competition. It was a great game and uh, for everybody to, to watch and to be a part of. So, anyways, with that, time's yours. Let's go first to Herbie T.O.P. Go ahead, Herbie. Coach, uh, good afternoon or good evening, and congratulations on that win. You mentioned a great football game, and I'm trying to – I'm hoping you can explain some of the emotions that you and the players were going through in that last two minutes of the game, a regulation, uh, I should say. You know what, Herbie, is probably the same ones you were going through. It was ups and downs. Um, the one thing that I love about this team is they didn't flinch. Um they kept focus. Um, nobody threw in the hat and quit. Uh, they just kept battling. I mean, we're there with 13 seconds left. Um, everybody's going, we got to go down <clears throat> and score um, and get a field goal. So points points were big right at that point. So in three in particular. So we the guys just believed it, that it was going to get done. And um, much appreciated. And we've got, listen, Herbie, we got, a great team coming in here. So we, we can enjoy this for about a minute and then we got to get ourselves uh, ready for, for Cincinnati. Let's go next to Adam Teicher. Go ahead, Adam. Hey, Andy, I know when a game like this is going on, you're, you're doing whatever you can just to try to win the game. And then when it's over now, you're, you're really happy that you guys got it done. But do you have a sense of what what an epic game this was. I mean, I think people are probably going to be talking about this one for a long time. Do you have a sense of what an epic game this was? And, and Brad, I'll have a second question as well. Well, I had, yeah, man, listen, I, I can tell by the excitement of our team and, uh, and then, you know, the way everybody ended up on the field. I mean, that doesn't happen very often. No fan, the, the fans all stayed, not a fan left. Um, so you knew it was, it was quite a grinder. Um, and you're right, I was in the middle of it. Uh, however, I, our coaches did a, a great job. Um, Eric Bianami, Spags, uh, Dave Tobe, I mean, 
um, just of putting guys in positions to, to make plays and then guys stepping up. I, you know, I'm so proud of the guys for, for doing their part. And then, like I said, Adam, guys didn't flinch, which is a, you talk about an epic game. Okay. Well, um, that's the way the players took it. They had tremendous respect for Buffalo and, um, and they knew it was going to be a battle and they kept, they kept going and they didn't lose trust in themselves. So, um, that, that leads to epic games in this, uh, again, with two good football teams. Yeah. And, um, secondly, Buffalo scores with 13 seconds left. I mean, you, technically you still have time to get the field goal, but it looks pretty grim there. What, you have any special advice to Pat right there? Do you have any words for him at that point when Buffalo took the lead for the last time? Yeah. When it's grim, be the grim reaper and go get it. So he, uh, he did that. He went, he, he uh, made everybody around him better, which he, which he uh, is great at. And, um, uh, and you know, he just does it effortlessly. Um, uh, when, it, when it gets tough, you know, he's going to be there battling and players appreciate that. Let's go next to Pete Sweeney. Go to Pete. Coach, I was wondering with Harrison and some of the early game struggles, was there any conversation with him? And I was just wondering if you could speak to um, how he kind of rebounded there and, and made sure to, to get it done when Patrick got him into range. Say that one more time. I can barely hear you. So just say it one more time. No, Harrison. I was wondering about Harrison, Harrison Butker, and, and whether or not you guys had had any conversation during the game and, and him kind yeah. of ra rallying back. Yeah. I got you. Yeah, no. Um, ultimate trust in, in but He just – he's – done so well um, for the years that he's been here. And every once in a while, you're going to have a clunker or two. And, um, you know, and whether it's the snap, the hold, the kick, you know, there are a lot of things that go into it. Um, but we have the ultimate trust in him coming back, and we showed it uh, coming right back to him. So it wasn't – we knew points were important and no more important than with uh, three seconds left in the game. Next to Sam McDowell. Go ahead, Sam. Hey, and Brad, I have a, a couple quick things. But Andy, um, did you? What was your conversation like with Patrick after that game? To be honest with you, I haven't seen him um, other than when the team was around. So it was a little crazy in the locker room, and um, everybody jumping on top of everybody. I mean, the guys are excited. Uh, that's the way you like it. I mean, I'm glad they're they're going to celebrate here for a little bit, and then, like I said, we've got to. Got a big one against uh, Cincinnati coming, a good football team. And the second thing I wanted to ask, just the preparation throughout the week. I mean, obviously you guys are, are up and amped to play for a playoff game anyway, but could you sense a little something extra for Patrick with, with the chance to play a team that they got him in the regular season? Well, listen, he he doesn't look at it that. He looks at it like, I want to get you. And uh, and that's the way he approaches every day. Every time he comes in the huddle, he says, let's be great. And that's a that's a great characteristic to have, and it doesn't come when he says it. It's not corny. It doesn't come off that way. I mean, the guys believe in it, and he tries to do it every snap. So um, uh, he just he handles himself the right way. Good nice to Matt Derrick. Good Matt. Coach, uh, obviously a lot of moments in the game that stand out, and any one of them you could pick up. But um, one thing I wanted to worry, wonder about was with Tyreek on that 64-yard touchdown, um, was there any advice, anything that you told the players, you know, that, hey, in such that situation, go down at the one, or do you just want them to score in a spot like that? No, uh, we we wanted them to score. Uh, there, we probably would like, like to have had it with 
plus time on the clock, but um, he was battling on that. There wasn't going to be any necessarily slowing him down. Just to get there was a feat. And so, anyways, yeah. Let's go next to Todd Palmer. Go ahead, Todd. Uh, hey, Andy. I I couldn't help but think back to the Dallas game a couple of years ago when you guys had a pretty pretty incredible touchdown right at the end of the half. I was wondering how much time do you spend on those end of game situations and for moments like that? And, and did this one work out about as perfectly as possible for you? Yeah, well, you got, you've been to training camp, so you guys know we spend a lot of time on different situations. Um, we continue that through the year. And uh, so every week we're working on something like that. And you don't get, get to use it very often, but uh, when you do, <laughs> It's good to be prepared and then good to have the guys that we have and the coaches that all work together to help get the right plays in and um, talking to the players. And uh, EB's got a tremendous amount of poise during that time when you've got a lot of people coming at you with different things. And so he just kind of calms the storm and goes forward. We'll ask to Nate Taylor. Go ahead, Nate. Andy, continuing on that, uh, on the game-winning touchdown, just – how often has Travis ran that route and, and what made that play sort of special given that uh, it was him and Tyreek lined up on the right side? Yeah, so um, the, you're talking about the overtime play? Yes, the overtime play. Yeah, so play. the overtime play was uh, uh, just a double move off of one of Kels' favorite routes that he has and that we call quite a little bit. Matter of fact, he had a big catch on it earlier uh, in the game. <clears throat> and then it's just a double move off of that play and he made a great catch. I mean, that, was, that was a heck of a catch. I mean, it was so it was such a heck of a catch that the official kept me right there and said the game's not over for it felt like five minutes. Everybody was celebrating. I'm going. Good luck getting everybody back. So. Hey Patrick, um, I know when the game's going on, you're just trying to do what you can to win, and now you're happy that you you guys have won and you're moving on. But just curious if you have a sense in this moment, what an epic game this was, that people are probably going to be talking about this one for a long time. Yeah, for sure. Um, <clears throat> it's actually funny. Uh, a couple weeks ago, maybe last week, I was talking to Mike Rimmers because he was in the Minnesota Miracle, and he, the, the final play, scoring the touchdown, winning the game at home. And he was talking about how awesome the environment was. And I was talking about how we had to play with Travis uh, in the Chargers where he scored, but we weren't at, Arrow, at Arrowhead. And so to be in this moment, this game against that team, and to make a play to walk off a game at Arrowhead, uh, I'll, I'll remember this for the rest of my life. Next to Pete Sweeney. Go ahead, Pete. Patrick, I, I was wondering if you could take us through the 13-second mark and uh, your thought process on, on making sure the, the team stayed focused and, and how you were able to get down the field. I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't hard to keep them focused. We believe. <clears throat> I think that's the biggest thing on this team is we believe no matter what. Offense, defense, especially teams, that we can do the job in order to, to win the football game. Um, the first play, we hit tra Travis, I mean, hit Tyreek, and he got up as much as he can, got down. And then at the play to Travis, I mean, it, it was kind of a thing where it, he wasn't necessarily supposed to do that, but after the timeout, we got to look at what the defense was doing. And he actually said it to me. He's like, hey, if they do it again, I'm going to take, take it right down the middle between both the guys guarding me. And um, he, he, uh, he went up the field, gave him the ball, and he got in field goal range. So next to Sam McDowell. Go ahead, Sam. Hey, Patrick, a couple things. Um, with, with 13 seconds left, What's said, either either to you or from you to, to somebody else in those moments? Um, I think it's just we're gonna go we're gonna go get in field goal range. I mean that's all we could do at that moment was try to find a way to get in field goal range, 
and we have that belief. We have the belief that we're going to do it. Um, if you take it back to the, the year we lost the AFC Championship game, we got in full range in like 18 seconds or something like that. You have to have that belief. If, if you're not going to go down fighting, um, then you don't deserve to be here. And uh, we we knew that if we could just give ourselves a chance to to, to get in Bucker's field goal range, uh, he was going to knock it in, and he did. Let's go next to Todd Palmer. Go, Todd. Uh, hey, hey, Patrick. Um, Andy said that uh, when you went on the field, he said, uh, when it looks grim, uh, be the grim reaper. I just uh, wanted to get your thoughts on, on um, you know, Andy's advice there and what you think of that as a possible nickname. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> Jesus. Um, yeah, he, um, he, I mean, he shoots us confidence. I mean, everybody on this team, he keeps bringing you confidence uh, week in, week out, day, every single day. And uh, that's what he said to, to me. And, I mean, he talked to everybody. He said, hey, we're going to go do this. We're going to get in full range. We're going to get points. Um, and I mean, he truly believes it. And when your coach believes in you that much, it gives you the, the belief to go out there and do it and execute it. And that's what we did today. Let's go next to Nate Taylor. Go ahead, Nate. Hey, Patrick, I have two questions for you. Uh, similar to the LA finish, I just wanted to ask you, what did you say, Tra what did you say to Travis uh, when you gave him a hug to end the game? Uh, same thing, man. I just, I just love you, man. I mean, he made plays. Um, everybody did, but Guys like uh, Tyreek and Trav made plays when it counted, and they get so much attention every single week, and then they just continue to battle, and they they battle and they battle, and, I mean, they make plays when it counts, and they did today. I mean, the play to Tyreek and then the play to Trav, um, those are the two players on earth that can make those plays. And you can say that, just what does it say about you guys sort of adjusting to the Bills' defense, and, and just what was that process like, particularly in the second half, given you guys uh, got more chunk gains in the second half than in the first? Yeah, I mean, it's a similar thing. Um, they started off with a lot of zone coverages, playing a lot of zone shells over the top. We took what was there. We ran the football. I ran whenever I had the opportunity to. Um, and and w once they saw we were willing to do that, they had to come play more man coverages. And uh, once they started playing man coverages, guys like uh, Tyreek and Travis and McColl uh, made plays happen. So, I mean, just, just taking what's there. And whenever we need to be aggressive, we can always be aggressive. Let's go next to Matt Derrick. Go ahead. <clears throat> Hey, Patrick, like uh, Nate kind of alluded to, you've had stretches before with just an incredible play, but by my count, 188 yards passing after the two-minute warning and going into overtime. Where's this rank as far as kind of the, one of those stretches that you've had in your career? Yeah, I mean, it was definitely special um, to win a game like this at Arrowhead. I mean, obviously, Super Bowl was probably the number one for me, but, I mean, it's it, this one's right up there. To to be able to to come back a couple of times, um, get get points when we needed to get points, uh, score, score touchdowns, get field goal, get in field goal range, let Bucker kick field goals. I'll, I'll remember it forever. And uh, I'm kind of still, energy's still going. I'm still still kind of amped up. But uh, we've got a big one this next week, too. So I'll, I'll, I'll be ready to go next week as well. Just got to get back in that film room. Let's go next to Sam McDowell. Go ahead, Sam. Hey, Patrick. I, every playoff game obviously means something um, big. But this is a team you lost to in the regular season that you had statistically one of your worst performances. Is there extra meaning going out and having a game like that against a defense that, that shut you down last time? Yeah, I mean, you definitely don't want to lose to the same team twice. Um, um, that's, that'll, that'll give you a long offseason to think about. Um, but that's a really good football team that we're going to play. I mean, we played in the AFC Championship last year um, and played them now in the divisional. We're going to play the, this team a lot. Um, but uh, to be able to go out there and execute and win a game against a great football team, um, that has a great quarterback and a great defense. Um, it's definitely uh, – it takes everybody, and I think that's what it did today. Take two more. We'll go Darren and Jory. Go ahead, Darren. Hey, Patrick. Uh, obviously, you have yet to play a playoff game on the road and be at home. What message would you have for Chiefs fans next week uh, to play the same type of role that they played in tonight's game to help you all get over the hump to get back to the Super Bowl? 
uh, I would just say that we love the support that they show us. I mean, we have such a home field advantage because of them. Um, and, and them bringing that energy uh, week in, week out, especially in the playoffs, uh, continue to be out here, uh, be the best fan base in the entire country. Um, and uh, Arrowhead is going to be rocking. The last to Jory Epstein. Go ahead, Jory. Patrick, a few years ago here, Brady had that first chance in overtime. You never got the ball, lose in overtime in the AFC Championship. What does it mean to be in a similar situation, make sure the other team doesn't get the ball? And does it make you think about that rule at all? Yeah, I mean, uh, it worked out well for us this time. But uh, it's it, it sometimes it, it, whenever you got two teams going back and forth like you're going, um, it kind of stinks that you don't get to see the other guy go. But uh, I'll take the win this time. Obviously, it hurt me last time. Um, and uh, you, all you can do is play the rules the way that the rules are rules are explained, and that's what we did today. Travis, you've mentioned before how great Patrick and, and Tyreek are and how much they're influencing your career. Can you just explain what each of them do that is exceptional compared to most and, and how much that it helps you in, in, in moments like this? I can't even put it into words, man. Um, how much work we put in together and how much fun we have doing that, and then to go out there and uh, put our entire – uh, goals, dreams, aspirations out there, and just it just bleed for every single person on this team and every single person in that stadium wearing red. Man, that was uh, that was a fun experience. I remember the 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 catch and then seeing Tyreek standing over me calling game and then seeing Pat running over me was I'll, I'll remember that uh, for the rest of my life. Let's go next to Adam Teicher. Go ahead, Adam. Hey Travis, I know when the game's going on, you're doing what you can to win, and and now you're happy that you won and move and you're moving on. But did you have a sense of what an epic game this was, that people are going to be talking about this game for a long, long time? Um, yeah. I mean, the Buffalo Bills are one of the best football teams in, that, in the National Football League, and it's just uh, they proved it tonight. Um, and it was, you know, a situation where uh, it's kind of was, you know, whoever had the ball last uh, was going to win that game. Uh, both offenses were, were hidden. Um, up and down the field just about all night. And, uh, you know, I was just glad that uh, our guys persevered for that win and uh, and battled our tails off for it. Next to Matt Derrick. Good, man. Hey, Travis. Um, Coach Reed said that it felt like about five minutes before the officials told him that your touchdown was good, that they confirmed it with the replay booth. Did you have any sense that they were they were reviewing the play, or did you have uh, any I, doubt that you had that? I knew I knew right away that it was a touchdown. I got, I got full control of it, got full, both feet in the ground. I knew it was a touchdown right away. Let's connect to Pete Sweeney. Go Pete. Hey, Travis. Uh, Patrick was talking about the 25-yard uh, reception to that put you guys in field goal range. He said that you saw something uh, to exploit uh, with the Bills' defense. Can you just go into more maybe what you saw and, and what you were thinking through that play to get you guys in the field goal range? Um, it's, a, it's a pretty common defense in a, in a situation like that. The defense would try and take away the, the sideline throws kind of give you more of the seams and uh, and the middle of the field open. Um, that and they're soft enough so you can get a head start. Um, and I just told them right before, they called a timeout uh, right before we uh, we went out there and ran that play. Um, and I told them I'm probably not going to run the, the route that, uh, that it's called. I'm just going to run to the open area. And uh, probably midway through his cadence, he was screaming at me at the line of scrimmage, do it. Like, <laughs> do it, do it. And I was just like, all right, here we go, boys. And it was just a little backyard football with uh, with a couple of seconds left. They gave us an opportunity to to win the game. We got time for one more. Or to take one. the game into overtime. Excuse me. Uh, we got time for one more quick one. We'll go to Todd Lebo last. Go to hey, Travis, when you're when you're in that play at that time, 
what's your mental clock like on how far you know you can go? Because you know you have to get down and give yourself up to get the timeout call. Were you, could you, were you peeking the scoreboard clock? What, what was your mental clock doing there? Well, I mean, <clears throat> we rep these kind of plays all the time. So, I mean, you, you have – because of how much practice and how many reps we have with these, with these uh, late-game situations that Coach Reed loves to go over uh, throughout the year, throughout training camp, you start to develop an understanding of the time and how much time it takes to, for an entire play to develop and how, many, how much time you have. That, and I mean, when you're a little kid, you jump and you're running around act, acting like uh, you're Michael Jordan or something with three seconds left on the clock. Like you naturally start to count in your head um, and you start to understand how many seconds you really got. So uh, from there, it was just going out and, uh, and making sure I made the catch, uh, got down and called timeout. Hey, Tyreek, can you take us through your touchdown late in the fourth quarter? And, and when, when did, during that play, did you know you were going to score? Man, you know what? You know, I always got faith, you know, each and every time I step on the field that I'm going to score. You know, sometimes it may not happen, but, you know, that time, you know, it was, it was two-man coverage. You know, safe, safety's very deep. You know, the corner was inside leverage, and that's just Pat, you know, you know, knowing exactly when, when I'm going to break. Perfect timing, you know, perfect execution, perfect play call. You know, and the rest is history. You know, I was able to use my speed, you know, to get into the end zone. So I'm just very, I'm just very thankful, you know, just to be, you know, able to say that I'm a part of this team, a part of this organization, you know. So, yeah, man. Let's go next to Herbie T.O.P. Go ahead, Herbie. Hey, Tyreek Hill. Congratulations on the win. Uh, yeah. Obviously, there are a lot of emotions and a lot of stuff happening in that last two minutes of the game. How would you describe what was happening on the sidelines to, to deal with that roller coaster of being up and all of a sudden you have to battle back and then being up again? You know what, man? We got tremendous leaders, tremendous leaders on both sides of the, of the ball, whether it's offense, defense, or special teams, you know? So nobody panicked, you know? Nobody really, you know, was like, oh, the game is over, 13 seconds left, you know? So, I mean, we just went out, you know, made plays, and like I said, the rest is history, you know? Like, we got a great, you know, head coach, great offensive coordinator, and obviously a great quarterback. And we also got the playmakers to go along with it. So everything's great right now. Let's go next to Pete Sweeney. Go Pete. Tyreek, I was wondering, what do you what do you think tonight's performance means in the course of Patrick Mahomes' career and, and getting this thing done for you guys? Oh, this is definitely another step for him, you know, into the Hall of Fame. Um, he had a chance to prove once again, he's definitely at the top of the ham when it comes down to like quarterbacks in this league. And, you know, we know it, but I feel like the rest of the league sometimes sometimes doubt him um, because of, you know, the coach and, you know, the players that um, he has around him. But if you watch the guy, like if you truly know Pat, like the amount of time, you know, he spends watching film, you know, understanding coverages and stuff like that. And also being able to, to just go out there and, and make a play out of out of out of nothing it's crazy so he's definitely I, I feel like he top two and he not two like I, I just feel like that Herbie I think I'm gonna cut you off there go ahead Herbs yeah no problem Tariq uh Andy Reid was telling us that in the last 13 seconds he said to Patrick when it's grim go be the grim reaper in your opinion was Mahomes the grim reaper in those 13 seconds there Oh, definitely. Like, uh, he definitely doesn't flinch, especially in moments like that, because I feel like we practice those situations. You know, Eric Bieniemy, like he harps each and every Friday, you know, on, on those situations about, you know, middle rebound passes or just quick passes and, and calling timeout and stuff like that. 
you know, although, you know, on Friday, you know, hearing him say those words, like you never know those situations are going to come up and those meetings are boring, you know, so you just got to, we did 13 seconds, you know, he, he threw the ball for me for, to, for, for 20 yards, I believe. Then he came right back to Kelsey real quick. And I'm catching the cramp right now as we speak. Oh, my God. Oh, guys. Ooh, hold on. Go ahead, Brett. Uh, uh, we got two more. We'll take mm. uh, the first one from Sam McDowell. Go ahead, Sam. The huddle, he, he says every, every time, let's be great. I'm wondering if the mood, even with 13 seconds left, drastic situation, if it changed at all, if you still heard those words from him going in. And just, just I, I guess the level of ease or, or, or you know, non-nerves that you felt in that moment. Like I said, nobody never flinched a moment, you know. But Coach Reed, like he said, he, he's always telling Pat to be great because he is great. You know, just trying to, you know, add more confidence into him. Deep down inside, we like, hey, we can do this because we got the playmakers to do it. And we got the coaches to do it, you know. And everything everything just worked out tonight perfectly, exactly how how it was supposed to work out. We'll last to Matt Derrick. Go ahead, Matt. Hey, Tyreek, uh, a couple of quick questions for you. Um, yeah, the ahead. first, on the on the touchdown with a minute left to go, any thought to you of, you know, should maybe go down at the one-yard line or was it you guys in the position right there, you just wanted to get in the end zone? Look, man, I'm a dog, dog. Look, when, game, when the game on the line come to 10, baby, feed booby. Hey. Look, that's what they said on, on Friday Night Lights, feed booby, man. Um, EB... Um, nobody said church mode. Coach Reed ain't say church mode. EB ain't say, say church mode. Patrick Mahomes ain't say ch church mode. So I'm going to get a touchdown. Why not? And plus I had like a crazy touchdown celebration plan, but Pat, he like stopped it. So crazy. And, and secondly, on the on the punt return, when you get a second chance at it and you got a little bit of that, the, the Arrowhead crowd giving the Tyreek chant, yeah. they get your juices going there? Yeah, man, it definitely got my juices going, man. But I'm a little washed up, man. I, I gotta say it, man, because rookie year me, I probably would have cribbed that. But six years in, nah, man, I'm I'm tired. I'm stumbling out there, man. I'm I gotta do better, man. Come on, ten. Frank, uh, in this game, you guys lost Tyron Matthew really early. I I just was wondering how that might have impacted the the team and how you felt uh, you guys did without him. You know, anytime you lose a player of um, you know, Tyron's you know, caliber, you know, your team is going to be affected. He leads us in so many different ways, you know, on and off the field, you know, um, just through him, him, his presence alone. You know, he don't even have to say a word, you know, his presence alone. Um, you know, you've seen that times during the game where we kind of struggled, you know, um, where whether it was pass rushing, getting getting the stops when we needed them. Um, also, where where you see, um, you know, we gave up a few passes in the back end. Um, those are things where, you know, Tyron's there. He's able to help with the adjustments, help calm situations down and stuff like that, you know, where it may seem like, you know, things are kind of getting overhyped and stuff like that. So, um, you know, anytime you lose a player like that, you know, it's going to affect you. You know, we missed him out there. You know, it feels great that we was able to get the job done, you know, um, without him, you know, that's, I'm sure he's happy that, you know, next week he's going to be able to, you know, come back and show off and, you know, do all the things that Tyron does. Let's go next to Lila. Go ahead, Lila. Frank, um, you know, Nick Bolton had, you know, two really big plays there in the second and third quarter to force a fourth down. How big was his play for you guys and kind of how unique is that for, you know, a rookie to perform like that in the playoffs? Um, very good. You know, Nick's been playing great football all season, um, coming in as a rookie, um, you know, led the team in tackles. Just, um, you know, uh, very excited. You know, it's still, it's still great just to be able to watch, you know, a young player, you know, coming to himself, you know, wearing playoffs, tough, of course, tougher football now. 
um, you know, where, where, where one mistake can change the game. And um, Nick's just been continuing to show why he deserves to be a professional here with the Kansas City Chiefs and why he, you know, uh, certainly should be considered, you know, one of the best rookies in the NFL. Let's go next to Matt Derrick. Go ahead, Matt. Hey, Frank, congratulations on the win. Um, what's going through your mind there? You're, you're on the sidelines, 13 seconds left. You're watching your offense go out there in overtime. What's going through your mind as you're watching that and watching what Mahomes is doing out there? I mean, trust, you know, the one thing you got to have in this sport or, you know, not even really a sport, but when you have a team and the team setting, you got to have trust in your teammates. Um, you know, anybody can go out there in an individual sport, you know, they have to rely on themselves, you know, you got to rely on yourself to execute well, got to rely on yourself to get the job done. But in this sport, unfortunately, you know, you got to rely on 10 other guys when you, you know, one of those guys out there on the field. And for Pat, you know, he got 10 people around him who's going to help him win the football game. And then on defense, you know, myself, I got another 10 around me who's going to help me, you know, execute my responsibility to the best that I can. And, um, you know, when everyone executes as one, you know, as a unit, you know, that's the best part of being a team. And, you know, success comes out of it, no matter how it's earned. Take two more. We'll go Todd Lebo and then Todd Paul. Go ahead, Todd. Frank, when when you guys were out there in a you know a good time for overtime, and you guys win the toss, how gassed were you guys defensively? Were you ready to go out there and try to stop them? How relieved were you that you guys got it, uh, the ball to go with? Because it looked like the the Bills' defense was gassed as well. Yeah, I mean, you know, you know, being tired is part of the sport, but. Here, here at the Kansas City Chiefs, man, we do 18-play long drive drills in practice. So, you know, um, you get into those situations in the game, and, you know, things get kind of tired and weary out there. But, you know, you think back to those practices in camp where you're on the field for 18 straight plays, and, you know, it's not that bad. We'll last to Todd Palmer. Go ahead, Todd. Uh, hey, Frank, you guys are hosting the AFC Championship game for the fourth straight year. No team has ever done that in NFL history. So what, what does that say about – this coaching staff, these players, these organization, this organization that you guys have found yourself in this spot again. You know, it's hats off. You know, starting to, starting to top. You know, to everyone up top who put the team you know together because you know that's hard. You know, when you bring in all these different personalities from different places and you know you got to add pieces and make changes throughout the middle of the season. That, those things are hard. You know, we we come to work, we we go on the field, we practice, we play a meeting and stuff like that. We don't really see what's going on behind the scenes. You know what I mean? But when you have to come in and your job is to come in and you know, um, figure out a roster, put together this roster, all these random guys, you know, from different backgrounds and different places, different schools, you know, basically so that we can compete in the end uh, for, for one goal, and that's to win the Super Bowl. Um, and, you know, like I was saying, you know, it's just hats off to the, to the guys upstairs who, you know, continue to do a great job putting the team together and continue just, you know, adding a little pieces as we go along um, the way too, just to, you know, make sure we stay on it. And, um, you know, like I said, it's, it's a great thing, you know, just to have people up there doing that for us. All right, thanks for uh, letting me take a few minutes here. We uh, put out a press release tonight, so figured we'd take the opportunity to just hit some of the points from the press release. As, as we all know, everything fell into place for us tonight, um, all weekend long, really. So now we get to host uh, the championship game. Um, tickets will go on sale tomorrow morning. The public on sale will be at 11 a.m. The season ticket members will be at 10 a.m. and then our Jackson County taxpayer benefit, that'll go at um, 8 a.m. Um, the tickets are all mobile. There's a limit of six. Um, we know they'll go fast. Um, you probably have already talked about this, but first team ever to host four championship games. 
Also the first team ever in the history of the league because of the new structure to host three straight home playoff games. Um, just want to take a second and talk about our fans. Um, they're incredible. And we know this long run year after year after year having all these playoff games, they'd want nothing more. Um, but we also know it's a burden and we appreciate them. And as the players and coaches have said, they're a huge difference maker. They were a huge difference maker tonight. And we look forward to welcoming all back here as loud as ever next Sunday. Um, we, uh, we're looking forward to the challenge and we're excited to get back on that stage again. Got a couple hands up. We'll go first to Todd Palmer. Go ahead, Todd. Uh, Mark, I just wanted to get your perspective on, I mean, the, the Chiefs had never even hosted an AFC championship game. Here you guys are set to host for the fourth straight time. I mean, how unbelievable was that, a, was that you know, eight, nine years ago to think that it would be in place? And what does it say about Andy and, and the coaches and the players and, and everything that's been assembled? Yeah, I mean, it's the entire organization, right? You can go through the whole list to, to have a chance to get a coach like Andy Reid, to have Brett Veach and his team put together the talent that's on our roster. Um, it all goes back to, I think it was 2008 or 2009, Clark um, made the statement that we're going to strive to create an organization that consistently competes for championships. And here we are hosting our fourth straight championship, never been done before. It's special times um, to be a Chiefs fan. It's special times to be part of this organization. And I know Andy says it, Brett would say it, I will say it, we're grateful. We're grateful for the opportunity that we're given. We're also really grateful for the fans and the support they give us every week. They're a, they're a huge part of our success. Let's go next to Steve Walls. Go ahead, Steve. Hey, Mark, how's it going? Great. Hey, a uh, lot of ups and downs in, in tonight's game. Uh, just want to know, first of all, where does this rank for you as far as watching a playoff game of this magnitude? And also, when the thir last 13 seconds uh, were on the clock and the Chiefs got the ball, what, what was going through your mind at that point? Yeah, look, it ranks at the top. Um, you know, rivals the Super Bowl for me just because that's the ultimate, right? Um, but, you know, that 13 seconds, I I'd go back to the commitment and – I would say the difference with our fans, you know, team comes into our house, Josh Allen does an amazing streak of plays. They score to go up, score a touchdown to go up with 13 seconds left. I would bet that in most stadiums, there are people heading for the doors. Nobody left. They knew we had a chance and our players and our coaches, rewarded them for that. And then they rewarded us. I mean, as I, I can't say it enough. They were a huge part of tonight. We'll go last to Darren Smith. Good, Darren. Hey, Mark, uh, congratulations on the win tonight. Um, you know, it's easy to say that the Chiefs have Patrick Mahomes and you don't. Um, with the home field advantage, uh, you, and, you know, the, there's been reports that I, I know you all probably wouldn't do something like this, but there's reports that the Los Angeles Rams are looking to, uh, you know, sell tickets in the L.A. zip code to keep, you know, an X amount of San Francisco fans coming and taking over the stadium. Would, would you all think of doing anything like that? Or you just, you know, whatever happens, happens. You know, our fans are going to buy the tickets. <laughs> we, uh, one of the reasons we limit it to six is to avoid some of that. Um, the reality in the secondary ticket market, as we've talked about before, is people are selling tickets as they see fit. Um, we go back to 
deliver the most value to our season ticket members. And the majority of the people in that building, the majority of the tickets sold go to season ticket members. So they're going to be out there the way they have. Um, we have not considered that. Uh, we are not considering that for this week. We didn't consider it for last week. Um, you know, every week it's a new challenge. This week it was sweet potatoes and other things. Um, I'm sure next week it'll be a new one. Um, but our team will be ready. And I, I would just make one last statement on that. You know, as great as it is to have these games, really, really proud of our team. Um, every single week, the Arrowhead experience is the legend grows. And tonight's just another one of those examples. And I would just think back to every single person who works in this organization and every single effort they made to make sure every single person had the best possible experience they could have. Obviously, Patrick and Travis helped us sort of put the icing on the cake at the very end, but um, it's, uh, it's all part of this team and it's part of this family.